The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and well, what a, what a great way to start this particular moment and just saying hello and hello from my heart of greeting all of you as intentional spirits and the space that you hold of being committed to your, your purpose, your values, your integrity to carry out your missions in the world as a difference maker. Wow. Got some good news for you starting uh, in February. We are going Facebook Live, so I'll be joining you again from the Facebook Live forum. Also, I will stay on after the show and have comments and questions, and we'll continue to dialogue about what the show is about. So today, talking about what the show is about, we have the expert that she is the into the warrior heart practice. Her name is Heather Ash Amara, and we are delighted that she is with us today. Thank you, Heather Ash, for being here. It's been a pleasure knowing you were going to be with us. Thanks so much, Temple. I'm so happy to be here with you and with everybody. Well, I I love um, I love the word warrior. I have a long term relationship with the word warrior from um, Angelus Arian's work on the fourfold mm. path of the warrior archetype. I find that has been transformative for me. Um, And in my work, being a difference maker, I I also have quadrants, uh, you know, or the four aspects. And one of them is the sacred warrior. Uh, It's a it's a phenomenal word. And I love that you have taken it on in, in your own work, and also made it the title of your new book, The Warrior Heart Practice. So I've really felt such a in-sync uh, connection with you already, uh, like we were friends and we met somewhere on a retreat before. We just don't remember exactly where. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> tell us about your your story. You know, who who are you and why? how did you get to a place that this conversation matters to you? Mm. Well, I always bring it back to when I was seven years old and I've always wanted to write books. So when I was seven, I sat down to write my first book and I realized about a page in, I don't think I've had enough experience to write a book. At seven years old. At seven years old. Yeah. And then not too long after that, I had an experience that really drastically shifted my life. And I feel like put me on my course. 
I was in India with my parents. I grew, grew up in Southeast Asia and we traveled all around the world when I was a kid. And we were walking down a street and this little girl was walking towards me and she was about my same age, rags, barefoot, really mess, messy hair, and our eyes met. And as we walked towards each other, we both completely fell in love. And I felt everything else dissolve. And in that moment, I realized the separation that we create between humans or color or gen like every separation that we've created is false. And that there's just this field of love that we're all in and this, this capacity to create unity. And then we passed and I never saw her again, but my life was really different. And so really my quest, I feel, has been to help myself come back into that sense of connection and oneness and invite people back into that knowing as well by helping us release the stories that keep us separated, release the agreements and the, all the noise that we create so we can get back to that place of stillness and connection. It's so, it's so empowering because we know the heart is such a, a magnet and, um, you know, has such a, a, a more phenomenal power. I always say a trained mind equals more of an open heart. But there was a, a man many years ago that I interviewed on this show, and his whole process was called Hello from My Heart. Mm. And, I, and so I started doing that, like sometimes in a workshop forum, you know, that that would be my greeting. Hello from my heart, you know, say that with me. And then, you know, hello. and then they would, and I would say, turn to the person beside you. Hello from my heart. It was so interesting how it set the, the standard in such a different way. It was very powerful. Yeah, so true. And we more and more were living in our heads. And so learning how to drop into the heart, everything changes in such a powerful way. And, and you would think that um, I was meeting with some educators this week and you would think with what we have learned and our path and our process of how we were so trained to come from the head. And now, you know, it's spent years in therapy and, you know, you teach a simple process to transform confusion into clarity and pain into peace. I love that. And I really look forward obviously to delving into all of that with you but it is so fascinating how we know that the true uh, space of being a sacred warrior is coming from that heart and yet we are still taking children and we are making it all about the test yes and I mean like where do we put on a big billboard somewhere <laughs> that says please stop it. You know, we, we must change that because that's what they're being trained to do is how much can I memorize and how fast are my reading skills? I mean, seventh graders now are reading at a skilled college level. What mm -hmm. is going on and why? Um, it's just very interesting. Uh, so it's always good when someone like you is out there doing the work because you hope somewhere it gets through enough that somebody says we need to rethink how we continue to do things. Absolutely. There's a lot of solutions that we could start coming up with to really help us as humans. And that's really my, my prayer with the things like the warrior heart practice is that we use the practice to help us clear out 
so that we can be more in touch with our intuition and more accessible to what are good transformational creative solutions that we can come up with. So did you along the way, in addition to knowing and kind of future saying one day I will be writing books, did you have a pivotal moment or, you know, something occur that was like awakening? When I was, I, when I moved to the United States to go to college, I felt incredibly disconnected and felt like everyone was around me was disconnected. I didn't have the language for it. And so I got into politics really big. And about two years after being very active, very much an activist, I realized I'm angry, everyone around me is angry, and nothing's really changing. And that's when I started looking into different spiritual traditions. And I had some phenomenal teachers to help me and guide me. And really one of the big transformational moments for me was when I met my main teacher, Domingo Ruiz, who's the author of The Four Agreements. I had a dream about him, and it was very clear, this man's going to change your life. And that was very true. So my work with Miguel, I met him in 1994, has been hugely transformational. And a lot of what I bring now is a mix of European shamanism and coming back into the cycles of nature and being more connected with cyclical living rather than linear living. And then also the, the warrior path of the Toltec, which is so much about undoing the agreements that don't serve you and really learning to use intent to guide your life and align with life in a new way as a warrior. So that's the, the background. So organically, it was just from one experience to then this encounter to the space of getting involved with the teaching. And then it, you then, of course, stepping into your own um, teaching archetype. Um, what, did you feel that, um, did you fit then in the, in the world that you were part of? One of the reasons that I asked some of the questions or feel guided to ask some of the questions is that is this show intentional spirits. We tend to have a lot of people that are right on the corner of stepping in. Do you know what I mean? It's like they have Mm. gifts, they're healers, they're, they are uh, potential shamanic practitioners and it, it helps when they can identify with, okay, well, it wasn't really all the time easy for her. I mean, there were some changes or, you know, there were, (laughs) You understand where I'm going, that kind of space. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It definitely, for me, I feel like my biggest teacher has been life and showing up with what the lessons of life have been and listening, learning to really listen. And one of the biggest transformations I'd say, I'd say for myself is learning from my mistakes or the challenges in my life and really learning that the challenges are the biggest gifts often and how to stay steady when a challenge arrives. I went through a really rough divorce about six years ago. And on the other side of it, I was able to look back and go, oh my gosh, that was such a huge gift for me to become who I am. Because there was a moment in time where I could see the trajectory of, I could become really bitter and feel betrayed and not trust and not want to love again. And I have all the evidence to do that. 
or I can really step into loving fully and being unconditional in the world. And to be at that choice point and be able to go, all right, I want to love. I want to use this challenge to become more of a loving and compassionate person was, was incredible. And I think all of us have these moments of challenge in our life where we're given an opportunity to use it to shut down, to punish ourselves more, to feel like the universe is against us, or to use our intent, to use our focus, to use our, our desire to say, no, I want to make a different choice. I want to choose that path of love. And all of us get faced with those choices, and they're not easy. But when you continue to choose love, I found, when you continue to say, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I want to, then the universe guides and supports us. Mm, yeah, that, that's really powerful. And underneath that, when there's a conflict and things like that, it is either the avoidance of love or not allowing love to come in, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely. remember that like, Oh, here we go here. <laughs> uh, we can. And I, so I love, I mean, both parts of your book to me are, are very inviting. The warrior heart practice, because I love that you're calling it a practice. I mean, we have built, you know, this whole spiritual global community here by calling it. It's a practice, you know, every day, the leader, the team, we all are in a practice and we we learn something. I think that's what's fun about life. And, you know, for many years, perhaps you, I, I think you're probably much younger than I am, but for many years, it, it's like people would go, well, I just want to get to that place, you know, that in Nirvana, I don't have to do any work anymore, you know, or why do I still <laughs> yeah. run into yes. these things? Well, because we're human, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I love that you call it a, a practice. That's a very profound word um, in that. And I obviously want to hear your process in that, but it's very inviting that you talk about moving and transforming confusion into clarity and pain into peace, because you can do that within a moment. Can you not? Yes. With the right process. With the right process. Exactly. The right process. And, and I've been, I've been saying lately, it's not called the warrior heart finish. It's the warrior heart practice. <laughs> Just like you say, like we have to keep, bringing these important tools into our life because things get tangled easily and our emotions, our stories get tangled together. And the image I sometimes use is if you have a bunch of necklaces and you throw them in a purse and you walk around for five minutes, all the necklaces get magically tangled together. And that's really what the warrior heart practice is about is learning how to untangle the stories and the feelings and the way that they cause us so much conflict and so much confusion and so much pain when we're not learning how to separate them out and clean them up. Mm, that's a real powerful analogy. Yeah, it helps us to not take ourselves so personally <laughs> when we realize, okay, it's just what they do. They get tangled together. And our job is to keep straightening out the lines of energy so that we can have more spaciousness inside of us for the intuition and the creativity and the joy to arise. Because that's our natural state. Our natural state is to be creative and to be in love and to be present. 
and excited about what's happening in front of us, but it's the stories that cause us to get bogged down and end up being pulled into the past or worrying about the future constantly, what I call disaster minds. We often have very well-developed disaster minds, and I'm, I'm dedicated to helping people craft really creative minds that are finding joy in everything they're doing. And how long has the book been out? One week. <laughs> yeah, the brand new baby book. Well, how yeah, blessed are we that we get to be part of that? I mean, that's an honor. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. really a beautiful thing. I'm so glad we get to be in that initial uh, surge of energy with you. Yeah, it's been a, quite a process. The, I started writing the book six years ago. And I was talking to a dear friend of mine who was really struggling and really suffering with something in his life and telling this, me this story. And I stopped him and I was like, honey, you realize that's not actually what happened. I was there. Here's the truth. And I mirrored back to him what I had witnessed happen between him and this other person. And he, he was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Heather Ash, I'm telling myself such a story. Thanks for helping me see the truth. And then two days later, he'd come back to me with the same amount of angst and pain with the same old story. And I saw as humans, we get, we get into the spin cycle with our stories and sometimes they're very difficult to step out of. And so I prayed, I opened my heart. I said, is there any way I can help this human to stay in the truth, to really be able to hold the truth in his life? And this process, the warrior heart practice dropped into my being fully formed. And so we've been playing with it ever since then and, and finding out how incredibly helpful it is to work with our stories, our stories around body, illness, finances, relationships, self-worth, like all of it. It's really remarkable practice. I'm very, very happy to be sharing it. Oh, I'm sure. And, and the awarenesses that people have stepped into because of it, it, it must be very rewarding to know that you've been able to be the facilitator of allowing this to download within you. It is. It's tremendous and such a gift to get to share it. Now, is it like a, a you know, often uh, when we feature different things, it's in steps. Are there certain steps? Is there a build-up place? Um, can you share a little bit? Without giving away everything about the book, can you give us some teasers <laughs> about it? Absolutely. I can, I'm happy to walk everybody through the process in a really brief way. Uh, the heart has four chambers, and we don't say, you know, I like my left ventricle the best. It's my favorite part of my heart. We <laughs> love our whole heart. Like, we know how important our whole heart is. And it's yeah. the same thing with the warrior heart practice. There's four chambers. And the chambers are, are about helping us separate these different aspects of ourselves. So the four chambers are the feeling chamber, the story chamber, the truth chamber, and the intent chamber. And mm. you start when, you, when you're triggered, when you're upset around something, where you're confused, the first question is, what am I feeling? And what we're learning to do is separate the feeling from the story. So you're just having the feeling without the story and really listening to the body and noticing where there's tension, where there's tightness, what's the feelings in the body. And then we go to the story chamber, a really simple question, what am I telling myself? 
What's the story? And you want to really excavate and look at the layers of the story. And I think of it when we go to the story chamber, we're like archaeologists where we're, we're digging down into the history to see all the layers of the story. And then the truth chamber, which is very simple. What, what's true here? What can I actually see is true? And the truth chamber is always very simple. One sentence with a period on it. And we can start to learn to differentiate the story from the truth. And then the final chamber, the fourth chamber, is intent, which is one word. What's my focus? Where do I want to put my attention and my energy? And that's a seed that you're really planting inside of yourself and committing to. And then what really makes the process work is that you go back through the chamber. So you now take your intent and your truth, and these become your allies as you step back into the story chamber to look at how else can you perceive the story? How else can you work the story? And then we always close the practice in the feeling chamber so that we're learning how to be in more direct relationship with our body rather than just the stories. That's a really brief overview of the practice. And through the years that you've been working on that, is there a story or two that comes to mind that without a particular first and last name of like an aha or a new beginning for someone or a resurrection or maybe a birth? birth, So many, yes. Yeah, so many stories. And I put a lot of the stories in the book as well as my own stories, because I also use the practice very regularly. It's incredibly helpful. So a story that comes to mind, I've been doing podcasts where I've been interviewing people about doing the practice. And there was a woman who told me I, that she had had trauma in the military, and she had PTSD, and she was trying to heal it. And so we went into the feeling chamber together. You know, and I feel like I'm holding her hand saying, okay, what are you feeling? What do you feel? If you think about the trauma, what do you feel? And she felt ashamed and guilty and anxious. So we just sat with the anxiety and sat with the shame. And, and I told her, don't try and fix it or make it, you know, try and understand it. Just be with the anxiety right now. Just breathe into it. And it was in her chest and it was pressure. And then we went into the story. And her story was, I shouldn't have been running by myself. I shouldn't have had my earplugs in. And I should have told somebody after it was over because it continued. I should have told somebody earlier. So that was her story. And I sat and listened to her story. And I, I said, can I ask you a question? Have you ever been in a situation where you were abused and you didn't say anything? And she was like, oh, yeah, I was, domestic, I was in a domestic violence um, experience. You know, she was married and in violence in her marriage for years. And I said, so let me get this straight. Your story is that you were in an abusive marriage, you went to the military to gain your power, and you got abused again. And she said, yes. Mm. So now we have the full story of like, this is a pattern. And so we went then to the truth. And I said, what's true? And she said, you know, people shouldn't beat other people. And, I, and so we, we found some truths. And again, simple. People, it's like one sentence, period. We found a couple truths. But what really shifted her life was when we went into the intent chamber and she named what she wanted was safety we went back into the truth chamber and she said i should be able to feel safe wherever i'm at and i said well i need to share another truth with you that's really important the world isn't always safe period 
And I said, how do you feel about that? And her response was, oh my God, I'm so relieved. You're right. And what she got in that moment was it wasn't her fault. Sometimes the world isn't safe, period. And that allowed her to then go back to the story chamber and realize she'd been trying to find a sense of safety outside of herself. And she was, took responsibility for, I get to figure out what, how I create safety inside. And she finished the process with this incredible sense of relief and excitement to go back into her life to learn how she could help herself feel safe, realizing sometimes the world wasn't safe, but she could help herself feel safe. It was incredibly transformative, and that was about 15 minutes. Oh, extremely powerful. It's that cause and effect stuff. I mean, isn't it? It's like because I imagine she continued to face these situations that were coming into her life so she could prove that safety was actually possible. It was going in the wrong direction of seeking it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and she just needed to look at her story in a different yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's... To be empowered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And there's, you know, hundreds of stories like that of people from very little issues. And I've done the work on myself of... of places where I feel out of sorts or, you know, I had experience because I've been on the book tour. It's been very intense the first week. I've done five venues in six days. And as we're, I'm heading to New York for the first one, a friend calls me and says, I'm coming to New York. I'm bring, I can get food and I'll bring the food and set it up. And I, I hear myself saying to her, that's okay. I'll get it. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, what story do I have that I'm not accepting help? from someone who's generously giving me help. And so the feeling was uh, feeling overwhelmed and feeling vulnerable. And I'm just sitting with the vulnerability of offering a book to the world. And the story was I'd gotten caught in an old story. I have to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't stopped and just separated those two out, I might have just kept going the way I was going because it felt like, you know, this is just what needs to happen. But it was a completely a story. The truth was, I need help right now. And I get to receive help. And the intent was ease. I want to create this as that there's flow with all that I'm doing. And I was able to then circle back and unwind the story. And that was five minutes. So even something that seems really little, if I hadn't have unwound that, I probably would have been having a really different experience over the last six days of launching the book than I did. It ended up being easy and beautiful and joyous instead of being stressful and me trying to control everything because I was feeling vulnerable. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that overwhelmingness I, would have followed you wherever you went. You know, yeah. I, I, I have one I'll, I'll share uh, when we come back from break because, you know, as you said, the beauty in this is we all have them. And it's not called the warrior heart finished. It's called the warrior help heart practice. We're talking today with (laughs) Heather Ash Amara. You can go to her website, heatherashamara.com, or visit me on Facebook and find out more information about her. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us. And also uh, recognize on the shows such as these that you realize that everybody can benefit. I, I don't think I know a person, and I'm that person also, <laughs> the warrior heart practice. I think we can all use that. And so take a moment and share this show with other friends and family members so that they can know about Heather Ash's work and uh, how it can be transformative for so many people. I love the fact, uh, Heather Ash, that you are just so happy and comfortable and you share who you are and about your story. And I was thinking earlier with the process that, that you gave us of looking at the feeling and the story and how we can transform this energy. I was thinking how I um, at one time used to compartmentalize things, you know, Oh, well over there, I'm the stress teacher. Um, today I'm the author, you know, presenting my book. Mm -hmm. um, next week I'm on the radio show and I'm a radio show host so there's a certain energy that I have already projected needs to be about that. Um, a Sunday, I'm the, you know, the spiritual leader carrying this energy of, um, you know, a, a lot of different spaces. And we don't really need to go into that. But I was compartmentalizing. And, and when I found that I might have a window of time that I would, that I would declare I was off, uh, which isn't really a, a great story to tell yourself. Anyway, I'm off. And those are the days that I'll do my shaman stuff with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, I had gone back to a patriarchal controlling way of being and being totally unconscious about it, meaning well, well, I can only do that because, you know, on Tuesday I'm over at the, unity office and then the other day well I'm at that and and it was just like such an awakening that everywhere I go I am there <laughs> yes and it was just so energizing whether it's at the dentist or teaching on Sunday or someone teaching me or doing shamanic work I'm just being me with humility and as best I can, the open heart. And it changed my life. It mm -hmm. changed my life. Yeah, so. it's so profound and so true that we sometimes segment our lives and, and we're like all these different roles and we mm -hmm. forget to live from our essence and that everything is connected. Yeah, so I really hear you and really agree. I definitely had the same uh, experience going on for a while. And now people sometimes are like, how is it that one moment you can be cleaning the toilet, totally happy, and the next moment you're lecturing, and then you're doing your taxes? I'm like, because it's all me. Like, there's no, and I don't see a difference. Between, <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it, cleaning it, the toilet it's all you. <laughs> it's all yeah. you. In the other oh, comment that you get a lot when you're in public life is, well, I was going to call you, but I know you're so busy. Um, oh, God. I was yeah. going to send you an email, but I know you're so busy. And I say, uh, you know, I appreciate that, but please don't affirm that for me. I'm not ever busy. Mm. I'm creative. 
because I am not a victim of my circumstance. And I don't use the word busy. I use the word creative. It's like uh, a dear friend of mine. He's incredible. And he he's a medicine man voice and he sings and he's a filmmaker and he's, you know, as you, as me, he has this multidimensional life and people want to say you're busy. He says, there is nothing about me that is busy. It is my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love oh it. I love it. So I love true. it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Be creative, not busy. Exactly. Well, before mm-hmm. you um, launch this book that I, I know uh, we're going to be hearing more about this book. I just feel it. And I hold that for you. Uh, much success for you in, in every way. You've been at this a while and touching people and holding trainings and, and doing blogs. And there was a, a book previously to this one, The Warrior Goddess Training. Tell us about that because you have lots of resources that we can tap into. I do. This is actually my eighth book, which is so crazy. Excuse me. Hello. Wait a minute. What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) Eighth book with a ninth one coming next year. Yeah, it's it's been quite a beautiful ride because I'm creative. Oh, Um, yeah. And you have been holding all this in since you were seven. So it's got to go somewhere, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so about five years ago, I guess it's been about six years ago, I wrote a book called Warrior Goddess Training that was specifically for women to help women to step into their power and to bring these two qualities of warrior, which is the focus, the clarity, that 100% commitment, and bring it together with the goddess energy, which is about openness, creativity, flow, receptivity. And we've really gotten out of balance in a lot of ways. And so one of the things that I work with women around is looking at where are we an excess warrior or where are we an excess goddess, for example, or there's deficiency in either of those two energies and that we're learning to balance them, but not balance of like, I'm supposed to be 50% warrior and 50% goddess and then I can check it off my list and I'm done. That we're really looking at what's my essence, what's my expression in the world. And for some of us, that's much more warrior and a little bit of goddess. And some of us, it's a lot of goddess and a little bit of warrior. So that there's no right way to hold these energies. There's no right way to be a warrior goddess. There's you learning what your expression and your essence and really falling in love with yourself. So, mm-hmm. and I work so much with women is helping women become allies to themselves rather than enemies. Because we're often so hard on ourselves. We compare ourselves and we're often incredibly judgmental or or feel victimized by the world. It's beautiful to help women come back into balance and presence with themselves. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah, such good work. And I love that that warrior essence that I think is so important in the world. We live in a very excess of warrior time right now where there's a lot of pushing and forcing and trying to make things happen and control. And so to balance the warrior with the heart or the warrior with that goddess allows us to come back into right relationship with ourselves, with nature, and with our communities. 
and to, to become really role models and mentors to others, which is what's needed. And there's, you know, it, it's so evident with uh, Aquarius and times coming forth that there's so much of the feminine energy coming forward and you can really feel the tension of the resistance underneath all that. There's a lot of resistance about that um, uh, politically and socially and otherwise. And um, it's great that you're doing the work when you're talking with uh, some of the women coming into their own and, and stepping more into understanding the necessity of speaking a truth boldly and, and standing in that um, and not apologizing for it, um, those kind of things. What, what would you say are, are some of the things um, just, you know, as I said, we're live and I'm just hitting you with these questions that you don't know I'm asking, but just kind of an overview. Is it that so many of these women have been trained to be passive? Uh, girls need to be quiet. I mean, is there, are there any core kind of things that are going on that, that somebody listening today would be, well, that's me right there. I don't deserve it or, you know, whatever. Am I asking yeah, the question correctly? That's a great question. And yeah, there's definitely certain themes. And one of the things that I found is that most of the time women don't talk about what's going on in our inner world. So we think that what we're experiencing is us. It's our fault. It's our experience. And the moment you start getting women talking to each other, they're like, oh, they feel that way too. Mm. So as women, we have a tendency to have an interesting out of balance place where we don't use our voices, where we are passive, when we're apologizing constantly without realizing it. That's one of the things when I do work with women, when we have workshops, we have a game where in the beginning I talk to them about you do, if you're late, you don't have to try and make yourself really small and feel really bad and sneak in the room. Like, I see you. It's okay that you're late. And you also don't have to apologize for everything. Because often women, we get into this place where someone will stomp on our toe and we'll go, oh, I'm sorry. And I started watching that in myself years ago. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm apologizing for taking up space. <laughs> right, right. Right? And I didn't even realize that. And so we play a game now that anytime we hear anybody apologize, our response is, you're beautiful. To bring awareness, not like you shouldn't be apologizing, but like, sweetie, you're beautiful. You're fine. Take up space. So that's one aspect that, that I find that is really important for women to understand is the passivity, not using the voice and the apologizing all the time. And then I also see a lot of women that are, have been in business that are running their families and they've gotten an excess of warrior. So the first is really a deficiency of goddess. The second is excess of warrior where they're not listening to their intuition or guidance. They're just forcing themselves to act, to be in the world. So they're, they're in that place of pushing themselves and they're exhausted. And they're in situations where they're like, I know there's a better way to do this, but I don't know how. And so we're seeing that on a global scale right now, as you said, as we've been really based in patriarchy and in the masculine doing, and we're now learning how did we do business and our life and bring in more of the feminine, bring in more of the goddess, balance the warrior out. 
and mm. it's a new paradigm. So it's exploratory, it's exciting, it's sometimes scary, and it's an amazing time to be in, to be in the shift, both individually and as a collective right now. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, it feels like that when we get these new awarenesses, um, it seems that they're sticking. <laughs> so it, it yes. may just be the, that we are entering into just the right time, you know, but it does feel like in working with others and somewhat of life coaching or as an influencer or whatever, it does feel that things are sticking and people are grabbing hold of it and they're able to hold the new pattern. Yes, I think that's really true, that there's enough of a mass of people that are shifting that it makes it easier for us to step into the changes. There's a pathway already laid, and it's why it's so important for us to be in community, to have places where we have people that are doing the same work that we can rest into. So the New Thought churches like Unity, the the local communities, the groups, whether it's online or live, that we're making sure that we're around people that are helping us ripen. I have this, this whole teaching about ripe and unripe, that we have ripe stories that are ready to transform, that are easy. They kind of fall apart when you look at them. And you're like, oh, I don't need that story. And then we have unripe stories, which are we're really attached to. There's energy, there's emotion attached to them. We still really believe the story. And so what we want to do is learn how to ripen our own stories. And that it, one of the best ways is to be around other ripe people. Find people that are ripe in the areas that you want to ripen and be inspired by them rather than using them against yourself or comparing yourself to them. So community is vital at this time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the power of our voice and our presence. And I, um, yeah. having been a spoke, speaking coach, um, when I first started speaking, I didn't want to be nervous. I used to be terrified. I'd ask the ministerial mm. teacher not to call on me. I mean, I, I had, my saboteur was out there. <laughs> Please don't call on me. No, I don't want to share. I'm terrified. And <laughs> oh, and I just might die. Uh, <laughs> Um, but that being said, um, to uh, dissipate uh, the energy of being a speaker, I decided I would be a speaking coach because I thought, well, I'll put if I put pressure on being a speaking coach, it will lessen the energy that I feel being a speaker. And yet it's been fascinating for me because uh, and I'm sure you see this in some of your warrior goddess training that women by nature, we have very pleasant uh, often strong, directive types of voices, but put us in front of a room and we start talking like this. And oh my goodness, now as we go in meditation, and it's like, where did you go? <laughs> yes, <laughs> what just happened? Exactly. I mean, is that how you what tell Joe happen? to take out the trash? Tell me how you tell Joe <laughs> to take out the trash. Joe, I really need you to take out the trash, not... Hey, Joe, could you please? <laughs> yeah, that's so brilliant. And it's so true that we get into this sing song. I'll just be really sweet and make sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable. 
and yeah, I'm constantly sharing with my facilitators and reminding myself because I'll fall into the, the pattern too of like, sweetheart, step up, use your voice, be powerful in that way. And you don't have to make everyone feel comfortable. Your actual, if we're going to be catalysts in the world, part of your job is to make people uncomfortable and to comfort them. And you have to be willing to do both. You just hit it right on. Uh, We say here often, what we're here to do is to offer comfort to the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so grateful that through the years, I I got that within me, that responsibility. I'm not here just to quote other people and say niceties and, you know, if that's all that is, I can stay at home. You know, it's about really pushing myself, first of all, and then transcending that into a, a nudge, you know, a, yeah. a nudge. Well, your your book, The Warrior Heart Practice, is a beautiful nudge. And I am uh, thrilled that you took the time to introduce the practice and, and the process because there is a thin line between, and obviously you know this because you teach it, we're just saying it out loud for others, there is such a thin veil between confusion and clarity and pain and peace. It's so thin. Yeah, yeah, and it sometimes seems so insurmountable, but the moment you turn to face the confusion or face the pain and open your heart to it, everything starts to transform. And it's a gift to be able to learn how to have that warrior courage to turn and face the story head on and face the emotions, as well as to bring the compassion of the heart. And that's where the transformation lies, is in both qualities and learning how to deepen into yourself that, that self-presence and self-love and self-challenging in the best way possible. Mm. No doubt about it. What do you feel um, has been one of your most valuable lessons or encounters? It could be an encounter. Oh, I would say one of the most important encounters was You know, what I got from Don Miguel, the teachings were incredibly profound, for sure. And yet what I realized later really transformed my life was his unconditional love and how deep it was and how I got that in my body. And, for example, when he had had a heart attack and we thought we were going to lose him in 2001, I think it was, and when I heard the news and I sat down and got really quiet, I had two experiences. The first experience was just feeling this immense love. And I realized in that moment, I know Miguel loves me, no doubt. And I know Miguel knows that I love him, no Mm -hmm. doubt. And I just realized like there's nothing to do. He's either going to go or he's going to stay. And either way, he's been a blessing and that love has been shared. And so I felt this incredible gratitude and willingness to honor whatever his choice was at that time. So that was an incredible moment. And I really try and live my life that way with everyone in my life. Do I, 
can I make sure that the people around me know that I love them to be able to share that heart and that presence and to also be able to receive, to take in that I am loved by the humans around me and also by everything, the trees, the sun, like everything is loving when we open up to that perspective. And that's what sustains me and helps me to keep doing what I do in a joyful way. Mm. Do you still stay in touch with him? I do. I just was with the Ruiz family in Mexico over New Year's, which was really sweet to be with Miguel Sr. and the two boys. And I wrote a book with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. We're really good friends. Uh, and we wrote a book on relationships last year. So, or the year before, I guess November 2018. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, oh, I have a great working relationship and friendship with them. Dear, dear family in my heart. Don Miguel, um, it was here. Uh, we had a few years ago, uh, and I'm being a shamanic practitioner, I'm so into you know, all of that, but we had um, Jorge Luis Delgado. We had Peter Calhoun, oh, who has since made his transition. He was a great shaman. And, um, and Don Miguel, all the same weekend. And it was called oh, SOAR, and great. SOAR is exactly what we did. It was very, extremely mm. powerful. And at that time, he had a manager. Her name is Sherry Rosenthal. Do you know her? Yes, I do. Dear friend of mine, yes. Good, good, good. Well, give her a love yes. hug, and she and I have I been will. in circles together, and she's a phenomenal oh, person, good. and teaching she people is. how to live the life of travel now. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, good work that she does. Well, you and I are just yeah. one or two de degrees away here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the circles are all that? interconnecting. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how can people um, stay connected with you? Of course, there's the obvious, and I have shared that, that it's so easy to share this book with others, your friends, and you can share this radio show with friends. But definitely go to heatherashamara.com and find out what she's about and follow her. And your blog, does it go out every day or once a week or a month or what does that look like? I do blogs on the new moon and the full moon, so that I have a, uh, every cool-ish cycle, yeah, to honor that that transition, that lunar transition. And then the best place, like the most intimate place to follow me, I'd say, is on my Instagram. So that's where I share my journeys and my travel and what I'm thinking about in the time. So it's a fun place to to jump in as well. Oh, and you know, Sandra Ingerman, too. She's one of my love faves. Yes. Yeah. I live in Santa Fe, so Sandra and I have a really great Oh, connection. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just yeah. need to make a Santa Fe trip because the girls are there. Yeah. Definitely. I feel Come that coming that. on. Go to tea. I yeah. just <laughs> love her. Her book, Soul Retrieval, changed my life. Oh, She's my been God. on the show two or three times. And oh, wow. Good. The most yeah, amazing integrity. Amazing. So I was looking on your website. Is it? It's, there it is. Okay. Instagram. Yeah. Okay. It's your name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, Heather Ashamara. Facebook and Twitter and all the places. That's definitely the most <laughs> intimate one. <laughs> that's what we do now, right, gal? I mean, that's, that's what we do. We do the 
we learned it, you know, yeah. I mean, somebody said, well, how do you just, you know, master this technology? And I said, well, master is a strong word, but you just realize you don't have an option. And I mean, there's, you just don't resist. If you're going to be out there, you need to know how to do these things. Yeah, it's all about sharing the seeds. And so this, that this is the social media is where the seeds go out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's truly been a pleasure having you on the on the show. I want to mention to everyone to join me again at templehays.com, firstunity.org to find out what we are about and hear more about the new institute we just founded this past year of Leadership and Lifelong Learning International. So a lot of things are coming on the forefront. And like I said, we will be doing Facebook Live. And Heather Ash, I'd love to have you back when we start over these next few months doing more uh, Facebook Live shows. Love to have you come and join us again because it's it's a lot of fun. And then we can, you know, read and engage in some of the comments coming through. So if you're open to that, um, I'll make sure that the executive producer follows through with you. Absolutely. I would love that, Temple. It'd be wonderful to have deeper conversations with you. And thank you so much for all that you do in the world and all the gifts you bring. And I look forward to our paths connecting again. Yeah, we're just at this practice one day at a time. So uh, give us one more nugget before we go off the air, Heather, Ash. Mm, that our work is to do more of what we love, to really find what lights you up, what do you love, do more of that, and to clean, to pay attention to where does the confusion or where does the pain or where does the withhold arise in our lives. And then bring your capacity to clean those using the tools like the warrior heart practice or whatever tools you have to clean so that you can do more of what you love and bring Mm. more love out into the world. Well, thank you, Heather Ash, for touching not only our listener's heart, but thank you for touching mine today. I look forward to another time. Thank you, Temple. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark, on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.